Coming up in this episode of the KitCast, are stretch goals good or bad for projects, a quadrocopter that can fly by itself, and an interview with Yellow Gold Music's Jason Howe. So sit back and relax. It's time for the KitCast. Hey everybody, it is time for another episode of the KitCast, and boy ooh, ooh. do we have a jam-packed one. But of course, we cannot do a KitCast without Drew, so everybody... One Drew Tyler, Mr. Knight 20 right here. I honestly could, I can't imagine doing this show without you around anymore. <laughs> I know, that's what I was going to say. I think I've, I've created myself as a staple. I'm now a staple. Yeah. It is what it is. I, I think people would complain if you weren't around. Uh, <laughs> but if you guys have never seen the KitCast before, the whole idea of the show is Drew and I, we go out, find some really cool Kickstarter projects, and then come feature them and tell you if you should back, track, or sack them. Pretty much Easy. simple as that. Um but before we before we kind of go into all that, we and this is a special episode, by the way. So if it goes a little long, I apologize. But trust me, with this. it's with it's this. worth every single minute that you yep. see. Yep. Um, but let's kind of just go into some Kickstarter news on her. Um, and the one that I was actually curious about was about a week ago, Kickstarter put up this post about stretch goals, and it really caught my eye because I thought that they'd be like, oh, stretch goals are awesome. Um, but right. if you, if you kind of read it, there, there some, there's there's one paragraph that's in this whole thing that kind of caught my eye. And it's the one that goes like this. Many Kickstarter projects end up significantly overfunded, and creators often use these funds to improve projects and product. More funding might mean higher quality materials and other improvements that... Other improvements that Thank backers with better made th- with a better made thing. For other creators, overfunding means a project turns into profit. Both are great outcomes. Stretch goals, on the other hand, trade the long term risk for long term gain. Tread carefully. Um, and I'm wondering if they're uh, putting a Breaking Bad reference in there or not. But uh, it's kind of it's kind of interesting because if I remember right, stretch because right now there is no mechanism in Kickstarter for stretch goals. It's kind of something that grew organically. From other right. projects as they got funded and everything, so um, the question is, Drew, are you for or against stretch goals? At, at this point, I mean, having not thought of it the way that they laid it out there, but but at this point, I'm for them. Uh, many of the projects that I was backing in the in the recent weeks, um, I backed them right before they hit their main goal, and then the momentum just kept going, so they hit several stretch goals. And to me, it seemed like, for instance, the uh, Tree schoolers, the the preschooler video with Rachel that we we talked about. Oh, was that almost a month ago? Yeah, it's actually two episodes ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. So that was one that hit stretch goals. But but what she you know pushed out with with the stretch goals were were continued episodes, which kind of made sense since it was an episodic show. And so those that backed and those that got in and the traffic that it drove, um, basically we got six episodes when originally we were only going to get three episodes. So for me. You know, it's a win-win. It's great. She she has funding now to produce a much broader, you know, farther into her series before she has to find funding again for the rest of it. And for us, you know, we get, we we get to see more fruits of that labor. I'm not sure I can see very many examples of where stretch goals become a risk. Help me help me see that. What what are they talking about? So I'm thinking a lot of the risk is that it ends up overhyping these products because. Um, they they kind of go into where saying like a lot of these projects, if you plan for stretch goals, you'd kind of do the bare minimum 
for your for your actual goal on there but and then but to iterate it you need to have these stretch goals for it to fully work the way you promised mm. um i think an example of that would be say an ios app comes out but a way to kind of well i i can't even see how that's a negative is it's an ios app but for it to kind of get reach its full potential it you know you reach a stretch goal and they may take out in-app purchases or whatever on that um i can kind of see that but um you know i like i said kickstarter really has no way of stopping people from doing stretch goals right and, agreed and um to be honest with you i i think what they want to not do is have people have these grandiose ideas for stretch goals and overpromise cuz the, the, they've had this issue where people would overpromise things and when people would get a reward or the project pr- um product comes out is it totally underdelivers and what people get they kind of get mad and i think that's what they're trying to steer away from but to me i think stretch goals are something that if you plan correctly and not kind of just go over the top thinking oh we're going to get a million dollars and then after that we're going to go and do crazy things um you should be okay and you know i i'm kind of for not even revealing all your stretch goals at the beginning you know just have those as just in case you know you know a lot right. of them i kind of see in video games where like oh we're going to make the pc version or we're going to make the ios version and then after they fund, like, all right, so if we can raise X amount of more money, we'll come out with the Android version or the Linux version on top of that. I, I see that where that works most of the time. But, um, yeah, I, I have a hard time seeing a negative unless you overpromise and promise the moon with stretch goals. Yeah, or if you're, you're using it haphazardly. I, maybe that's what it comes down to, and that there are some people who are abusing it, um, just overreaching when they have what they need for the for the project and... Can you know? I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm I'm still for it. I I don't know. That there's a problem there, and I think a lot of it just has to be with what the uh, what the community wants. And this is a very community driven. All the projects are. All the things that we're covering. It's it happened organically for a reason. So maybe it's time instead of fighting it. Maybe Kickstarter needs to do a little bit more of implementing it. Yeah. Or, or you're about. Building it in. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind having stretch goal rules because a lot of them are kind of vague. We're like, oh, just add um, X amount of dollars to your to your um, don- to your pledge, and we'll figure it out after. You know, if they integrated it, it might make it easier for both sides to figure out how much they got to increase their pledge for. Right. Yeah, stretch goals. It's a it's a tricky one, and, and I think that uh, yeah, I th- it'll be interesting to see how they treat it in the future. But for now, it looks like they're just kind of putting this kind of buyer beware type of feeling out there or a project builder beware. All right, guys, let's kind of jump into our first project today. And this is actually a special episode, Drew, right here, because we actually have the project creator with us, Jason Hal of Yellow Gold Music. Hello. How are you doing today, Jason? I'm I'm doing okay. It's it's a little late uh, in the evening. So, you know, my, my the baggage under my eyes is uh, collected in full welcome to and, the club uh, oh boy having kids it's exhausting but i'm stoked to be here thank you so much for inviting me on the show welcome both of you guys are kind of scaring me to ever have kids even though both of you guys have like <laughs> cute kids <laughs> but the joy the joy that's in the yes we're sharing the joy, joy and the fear 
Okay, so <laughs> kind of go hand in hand. Um, Jason, do you want to kind of explain to people at home what Yellow Gold Music is and what your project is kind of entails? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'd be delighted to do that. So Yellow Gold is kind of the name of my solo project or one of my solo music projects. I've written music for close to 25 years now, just in various bands, some punk rock, I've DJed, I've done electronic music. Uh, the constant over all that time has been a, a band, if you want to call it that, uh, a moniker, maybe that's a better word, called Yellow Gold, which you know, back about 25 years ago, uh, a friend of mine, when I lived in Boise, Idaho, a friend of mine and I would just kind of, we made fake bands when we were learning how to record. We both had the same four-track, multi, uh, multi-track tape recorder. And we just kind of uh, made our own like fake bands and created music with those bands and releases and all this stuff. So we just spent a lot of time making music and making albums and giving them to the other person and and you know, it's just kind of been a constant over the years. It's been kind of my stress relief is to sit down and write kind of guitar oriented music as Yellow Gold. So, um, so that's what Yellow Gold is. This project is basically the culmination of, of the last year's worth of, of work as far as songwriting, um, production of pretty much every element that goes into the album. And, yeah, three years ago, I, I released a album called The Mellower on Bandcamp, and it did reasonably well. I, you know, th- it, it was basically a free with the option to pay album on Bandcamp, which I love about Bandcamp. They allow you to do that. And it was also right around the time that Radiohead had kind of gone down that path and said, you know what, we're going to let people, I think it was in rainbows. He said, we're going to let people choose what they pay for in rainbows. And so it was kind of a big deal at that point. And I think it was just kind of timing uh, with, with my album, the mellower. And I ended up making a, you know, not a huge amount of money off of it, but enough to buy a, a nice guitar. So when this album came around, it was kind of like, okay, well, I've spent a year on this material. It's probably the best, you know, the, the material I'm most, uh, proud of as far as anything that I've written is yellow gold. Um, I would love to get it mastered. And it, it, through my research, realized that Kickstarter is a, a big, uh, you know, is, is really behind kind of obviously the creative uh, aspect of things. I, I knew and, you know, knew very, was very familiar with Kickstarter, but I didn't think of it as a, uh, as a way of kind of generating interest around a music project before that and uh so i was like all right well i guess i'll put it on kickstarter and see if the people that might put their money into the album once it's released might want to do it ahead of time enabling me to get it mastered make it sound good for when they do get it later so that's kind of what it's all about yeah and i i love it because um i think you're a great example of having a kickstarter that you've you've actually already had everything set up and you just wanted to take it to the next level. A lot of people kind of yeah. think Kickstarter is a great place for original ideas, but I also mm-hmm. think it's a great place to kind of give people that just little butt nudge to get them over that final hump to take their product up to the next level. And, um, but the one thing yeah. I think everybody that shares on the site is this, um, passion for whatever they're doing and this, um, kind of drive that they want to kind of get it out there to show the yeah. world. And, um, I, I love it, and then I even love how you ha- you had a disclaimer in your um, Kickstarter project saying if this fun if this gets funded or not, you know you're still going to be putting it out on Bandcamp, but you know this can actually come out as a little bit more polished, giving it mm-hmm. into the hands of a master. Um, 
And then right now you're actually almost double funded right there. Actually, you are well, double funded. I, yeah, more than double funded at math. this point. <laughs> <laughs> I, point, honestly, yeah. I, I mean, it's weird for me to even say yeah. that. I never in a million years expected to be double funded. Um, I hardly expected to be funded. I actually thought that when I put the goal at $4,000, uh, I honestly thought that it was going to be very hard to meet that. But I thought that that was realistic as far as the levels that, you know, that we figured out. Uh, as far as you know, what people get. I mean, so much goes into planning these Kickstarters, right? And I can only look at it from a music perspective, but taking mine, for example, the album's already written. It's going to be released no matter what. What do I want? Why did I do this? Oh, I want to get my album mastered, make it sound really good. In order to do that, there's all these other things that kind of have to come along with it, right? I couldn't just post a Kickstarter and say, give me money and it'll get mastered and then you'll download it. Like that's... I mean, maybe that would have been enough, but it's certainly not exciting. So it's like, all right, so what are some things that people would want if they did that? Uh, you know, the obvious choice is a CD version because a lot of people still want that physical, tangible copy. Well, CDs cost money and uh, they cost, you know, time and design work for the, the artwork and everything. So it definitely adds a layer of complexity to the whole thing. Um, so finding an amount that you know makes that fair artwork printed artwork uh scott johnson who i'm thrilled to have involved in the project you know he kind of did a take on the artwork um for the album and you know that'll be printed and you know eventually we kind of put out a t-shirt option for that artwork as well just figuring out all these different things that kind of make it enticing sure the mastering costs a certain amount but then you've got all this other stuff that is the, you know, kind of the gravy for everyone that might decide to buy into it. Um, just kind of convincing them that, hey, this is something unique and there's different levels. And are you interested? Do you want to get in on this? And yeah, I've been blown away by the response. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm kind of actually curious how many of uh, the uh, kind of $1 level donations have you had? Because if you guys don't know, Jason is the producer for many Twitch shows such as Tech News Today and The Gizwiz, and you're also the host of All About Android on Twitch. So kind of yeah. how many of those people are like, hey, we love you and what you do normally, so I, like, I, I don't really want a CD or anything, but I'm just still going to chip in five bucks for you. Um, that's, that's a really good question. I'm actually kind of logging in just to kind of see if maybe I can see a little bit of that right now. Um, might give me a second to get there. But... Um, you know, I'd, I'd say there were a decent amount of people that are buying into the base level. And the base level that I have is $5. And it's essentially, thanks for your support. You can download the album for free when it's officially released. So that's that's kind of like the, yeah, you're, you're, you're going to pay for it maybe eventually. Maybe you weren't, but you, you want to support me in this. Great. It doesn't really get you any bonus because you end up getting the album uh you know, being able to download it as a digital release when it's actually officially released to everybody. Any level above that actually gives you a pre-release uh, version, like the ten dollar uh, the ten dollar pledge gives you the digital version before it's made available to the public. Um, and actually, the five dollar level out of I think a total of I think we're close. Yes, yeah, three hundred ninety eight backers right now. The five dollar level is eighty four backers. So I mean, that's you know a quarter of the backers are just interested in giving a little bit to help out the cause. And that's pretty dang significant, actually, when you think about it. 
that definitely adds up right there. Um, one thing that I should kind of address at least a little bit is just the fact that like I'm in somewhat of a unique position uh, in the fact that, you know, I do have a public face. As you said, I do all of these shows that have built in fan base and uh, and all that. So immediately my my ability to reach a lot of people kind of, you know, grows exponentially because of that. But it was really important to me with this project to not exploit that capability. Um, working at Twit, I didn't want anybody, you know, at Twit, I didn't want Leo Laporte or anyone at Twit to feel like I was using my employment at Twit as an opportunity to, you know, get all of these people to just get in on a project. Like, I really wanted the project to speak for itself. I made a very small mention of my employment at Twit and, you know, the, the shows that I've done on the internet at the very beginning of my promotional video that accompanies the Kickstarter. Um, and I'm, I'm sure I mentioned it very briefly in the write-up. I, I can't remember exactly what I wrote here. Yeah, I mentioned it at the very top, like, I produce shows for Twit. That's it. Out of the way. I'm just a guy writing music. I really wanted the project to speak for itself. Um, but, you know, having said that, I wasn't the one that brought it up on the shows, you know, other people ended up bringing it up when they, once they heard about it. So it still got there. And I'm sure that a lot, or at least a, a reasonable amount of the traction has been specifically because of that, because people on, you know, listening to one or the other shows caught wind of it, checked it out. Um, but I really hope that at the end of the day, the reason that they put out any money at all is because they liked what I wrote and, or, you know, put in the video. I, I have, samples of the music in the video i think i played like five seconds of the chorus of every song from the album to give people a sense of what each song sounds like um and i would hope that people wouldn't feel compelled to offer their money unless they actually wanted the music that's kind of my goal is hey all right music i like it if you like it too great maybe it's worth something to you and you can have it yeah <laughs> so that's pretty much it that was going to be one of my questions is is how much of this did you kind of rev up before you launched the Kickstarters? And, and, and whether it was your public face or maybe you had some list of the people who backed Mellower from Bandcamp or at least supported you through Bandcamp earlier. Like, yeah. did you have anything going before you launched the Kickstarter? Um, not really. I, I knew that the Mellower did decent on Bandcamp and numbers wise, no, nowhere near this, by the way. Um, right. You know, even a lot in the first 48 hours, it like eclipsed anything it, it did on Bandcamp. Um, but no, I, I didn't, I didn't really at all. I just kind of, and, and honestly, like the conceptualizing, am I going to do a Kickstarter project for this? really happened very quickly before before launch i i kind of mentioned it to one of you know one of the guys that that i work with and produce for tom Merritt, um that i was doing this and he gave me a few pointers because he's been very successful uh, successful with a few kickstarter projects and it was just for me it was like um you know i have this idea to do this thing what do you think uh and it just kind of blossomed and, and blew up from there i've been working with, um, I guess he's known as Sales Geek, but I know him as David Michael, uh, who you know is kind of in the sales aspect of things. And he, he's been really good at getting my mind working as far as like, you know, promoting a Kickstarter from, from the inside. Like I've created the content. I had an idea of what some of the awards would be. He's, he's been really helpful in just kind of pointing out like, 
this might be a better way to roll it out. Like maybe you start with this and then you go with this and Hey, how about in the middle we go with this and it, it kind of builds this anticipation. And I, I think with Kickstarter, that's what it's all about. You have to have something that people get excited about, but you kind of have to keep that momentum, right? Like you've got 30 days, at least in this, in the case of this project, you have 30 days to keep, keep people excited about it. If they stop being excited about it, I, I don't know, maybe they start realizing that they could spend that money on something else and they pull out of it or, or whatever, you know, you want, you want to keep them engaged with it. So uh, figuring out kind of the strategy for how you roll that out is key, but I, I really didn't have a plan going into it. I was very, very uh, kind of clueless as far as how you do a Kickstarter. I was just like, I just have this music and I want people to be able to get to it. And for me to get my album uh, mastered, how do I do that? And yeah, just kind of built from there. Um, yeah, I, I love it. And Sales Geek, he's actually the one who, because uh, I'm like, there's no way I could ever get Jason Howell on this show right here. And he sends me an email. It's like, hey, do you know who Jason Howell is? He's doing a Kickstarter project. And, uh, you know, I bet you'd love to talk to you guys. I'm like, oh, like, and I kind of pounced on that. So, like, and the, the funny thing is, like, he's been behind a lot of the uh, Frog Pants kind of Kickstarter yeah. projects, and they have they have actually a lot um, over there. So he has a great experience, and um, that's uh, and that's the one thing that I remember a lot from Tom's interview that we had was like he's like mm-hmm. find somebody who who kind of knows how to do all this and have them help you out on there so you can kind of roll it out and everything. So um, we kind of mentioned it earlier. You're beyond double funding right now. So you're yeah. actually listing out stretch goals. So can you give us a little bit of insight into how you are designing these, figuring out what to put as a stretch goal? Well, stretch goal planning happened well before, well, at least before. <laughs> there was no well before because it all happened so fast, but um, definitely happened before the, the Kickstarter was ever launched. You know, plan plan for success. I honestly did, you know, as I said earlier, did not expect that it was going to be so quick to be funded, but it was. And the thing with stretch goals that I found over the, you know, just the last couple of weeks is you kind of need, need to have them ready. Uh, you need to strike when the iron's hot, so to speak, right? Because, like, you're, you're going to pass your, your goal, hopefully, uh, and if you don't have something lined up as a stretch goal immediately, you know, the, the fire can kind of fizzle a little bit on your project. People are like, oh, well, you, you hit your goal, so you have what you need, right? Like, you don't need us anymore, right? We'll just go get a drink or something. Um, so planning the stretch goals before you launch the project, at least a few of them, at least get a couple on paper and, and figure them out, what, uh, I think is really important. And if I do this again, I'd absolutely uh, repeat that process. Um, but for me, it was like, okay, so what, uh, you know, what do I have that's related to this project? I've, I've finished this album. I know that the project itself is about this album and mastering it and getting it printed to CD and all that. What else do I have? Like, if that's funded, what, uh, what can, else can I offer that has anything to do with this? Because, I mean, it would be weird for me to offer up something that has nothing to do with my music as a stretch goal, right? Like, I don't know, I'll make you a burrito. Like, that probably wouldn't go over so well. <laughs> Although, maybe people want me to make uh, them a burrito because I, I might make a really good one. I'd take that level any day to get a burrito. <laughs> no, you actually you shouldn't because I don't think I'd make a very good burrito. The, the best thing I do is I put uh, tortilla chips inside, give it a little crunch. Oh, oh, anyways, anyways, that's that's neither here or there. <laughs> Um, 
so it was like, okay, so what do I have music wise? Uh, my first stretch goal ended up being an old EP, you know, self -re self released, and by self released, I mean released only to me and my wife. Uh, EP from the early 2000s, three song EP that I always really liked the songs, but I never did anything with it. Um, so I was like, oh, okay, well, if we hit stretch goal number one, I'll I'll put that up and that'll be mastered and released as like a special release to people that that fund it. That hit, so that's happening. Second stretch goal was like, okay, well, what else do I have? Oh, I released that album, you know, four years ago, um, and people seem to like that. Maybe I get that, you know, professionally mastered. I mastered it four years ago, but I probably did a horrible job, or I think I did an okay job, but somebody could do a better job with it. Let's get that mastered. That hit. Then it was like, all right, so what do I do now? Like, most of my you know music that I really want people to hear is is mastered at this point. Um, oh, hey, you know, this is on CD, but the Mellower never was. So how about that gets put on CD too? And anyone that buys into the CD level gets a double CD release. And that just hit yesterday. Um, so now, now I'm totally in the, holy crap, I have no idea what to do now. Um, I have a few ideas, but you know, it's already been a full 24 hours of, of funding and I haven't announced a stretch goal. Having said that, that hasn't stopped people from, from kicking in on the project. So I guess it hasn't hurt me that much, but I feel the pressure with 10 days left to go to announce something. So, Burritos. That's a good fallback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think go big on that one, right? Just like $10,000 burritos. Burritos. <laughs> with, uh, yeah, with tortilla chips inside. <laughs> So um, I like that. So I have to ask you though, since this is your first Kickstarter project, did you yeah. do the um, what kind of what I kind of term as the Kickstarter refresh, where you'd sit there and hit F five on the page once you launched it, just to see if anything happened or not? Because that seems to be a common thing that a lot of people do, and then uh, you realize the page auto refreshes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I did not, um, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I mean, one of the main reasons why I'm working with someone as talented as, as David Michael to kind of work on the back end uh, aspect of this is because, man, I, I have so much going on in my life. I don't have the time to sit down and hit refresh. Like my, my full-time job keeps me busy enough. And then I have my other full-time job, which is way harder, which is, uh, you know, my, my family and uh, <laughs> managing my two little kids. Uh, so I didn't have the, uh, the ability to hit refresh. Having said that, Google's uh, new kind of inbox thing where they siphon out into like promotional tab and offers and whatever, uh, all of the Kickstarter emails have automatically gone to the, I think it's the promotion tab. So like anytime I check my email, I see, some, oh no, it's in the updates tab, sorry. So any, any Kickstarter emails go automatically to updates. So the second I see two new emails and updates, I check it, you know, immediately. So that's like my version of refresh. And that's been, yes, I check that multiple times a day just, just to see. And I'm, I'm amazed that things still pop up there very regularly. Um, all right. So um, before we kind of sign off and everything, do you have yeah. any kind of uh, advice for people at home looking to start their own Kickstarter project or any kind of crowdfunding project whether it be an original idea or like you just wanting it taking to the next level man um i hmm it's hard I'd like i like obviously i've i've learned a lot in this 
in this whole process to, to pick one piece of advice is, is difficult. I think the overarching piece of advice that I would say is really give it a good amount of thought before you hit that publish button. Um, only because it's, it's really hard to kind of go back once you do. Uh, and, you know, you know, one thing that I think is, is actually really good, um, and I definitely learned this from David Michael, is that your pledge levels should have some sort of a name to them. It's something that I would never have thought of, uh, thought to do. I would have just been like, pledge $5 and get blah, blah, blah. Pledge $10 and get blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, put a name to them, right? So my $5 level is contributor, colon, thank you for your support, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the $10 level is fan. Get a digital version before it's available. The $20 version is super fan. Then, you know, groupie and roadie. And Ooh. I think what that does is that gives people a quick way to kind of identify with the different levels. Maybe not necessarily from the aspect of, I see myself as a groupie, but it makes it really easy to glance at it and see it as something other than an amount, right? Like you look over and you see pledge $40 or more, uh, $40 kind of sticks there, but you see this kind of heading that's like groupie, get, get all of these things and you kind of forget the, the dollar amount a little bit. And it becomes this kind of package deal that, I don't know, it has a little cute kind of aspect to it. I thought that was pretty smart. And once he pointed that out to me and I started looking at a lot of other Kickstarters, uh, I just, I noticed that more and more. It might be something that you don't think to do. And it certainly takes a little bit of thought around what you name them it's like you know half of these don't really make any sense the ones that i picked but they make sense in a theme you know not necessarily that the 200 dollars level is actually a pupil but it made sense it, you know in like this overarching theme of all the different levels uh that i designed in advance um that that's that's one tip i guess but really i think the overarching tip is to really give this uh, a good amount of thought. And uh, I'm sure many people on the show have mentioned this before, but a video goes a long way. So it's probably good to spend some time on your video and make sure that it's, you know, make, make it a little polished, kind of, kind of go a little overboard with it, not too overboard to where it seems like hyper polished and you seem like you have all the money on, in the world. And why should I invest in this Kickstarter if you have all the time and money to produce this amazing video, but make it look good and make it appealing. I, I think, motion you know moving pictures is way more uh engaging than not so and thanks for having great audio on that video by the way because drew oh, drew yeah. and i always everybody hears me just saying i'm yelling at the screen when we're preparing for the show a lot because i'm like i can't stand this audio it's killing me mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. absolutely yeah. well you know and why is that because the majority of people a, don't think like I'm, I'm an audio production nerd, so I love this stuff, but you know, audio is not important to the majority of people or at least thinking about that in advance. Uh, and even if it were, uh, that important, you know, do they have the means to do it? Like most people have a laptop with a built-in, you know, webcam slash microphone yep. Yep. or, you know, a little iPhone headphones with a mic in it and that's better, but that's not awesome. Um, I happen to have a Heil PR40 in my studio. So I was like, yeah, of course I'm going to use this. Like, I'm going to make it sound as good as I possibly can. Not to mention it's a music project. So, you know, you want it, it instills at least a little faith that I, if I can make this sound good, hopefully I can make the project sound good. Yeah, that always worries but, me when you see like movie projects or music projects that don't have a video. I'm like, how do I know if I like your stuff or not? <laughs> 
Oh yeah, totally. And that was really important to me. I didn't want to give, I didn't want to give the full money. I didn't want to be like, here's all, you know, here's all of the songs or, or, or whatever, but I wanted to give a taste. So I ended up opting for like, here's part of the chorus of each of the nine songs. I figured the chorus is the most exciting part of a song generally. Uh, so that would give a, a good indication uh, of the album. So um, yeah, give a, give a little bit of a, a sample. I think that's what Kickstarter is all about, right? Kickstarter is about like, I have this idea or I have this project. Here's a little bit of it. If you want the whole thing, here's how you can help me. Um, all right, Drew, do you have any more questions for Jason before we kind of oh, wrap this up? I've got plenty, but we've got to wrap this up. So I will just say <laughs> I, I enjoyed going to Bandcamp and listening to that first album. I'm looking forward for, to this one. Uh, awesome. I love, love the video, love the project. And uh Looking, looking forward to see some more stretch goals. Right, yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. I have to pick. Hopefully tomorrow, tomorrow being Sunday the 18th. Uh, hopefully, I'll have something announced. I'm, I'm on the fence between two, but yeah, it's hard, man. It's hard because, and, and I know you guys have to go, but this is a serious consideration when it comes to picking stretch goals or really anything within the project. And I know I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but just to kind of break it out. Like the things you have to think about is fulfillment. You have to think about the actual thing that you're offering. So if it comes to CD, right? Like you're you're printing the CD, there's time that it takes to do the CD, but from a monetary aspect, there's the cost to print the CD, there's the taxes that you know you're gonna have to take out because the grand total of this amount is taxed. So you better be setting aside some money to pay your taxes later, otherwise you're gonna be screwed later. And then there is the, the whole fact that are you trying to make a little extra money off this as well? So, so peg it, you know, peg it comfortably there. So adding stretch goals, like it depends on what your approach is, right? Do you want, or is your entire goal to simply do the thing that you're stretching to, uh, then fine, make sure you pick that amount well. And, you know, because once you set it in stone, you're kind of locked, right? Uh, if your goal is to do that and then make a little bit of extra money as well, pick it as well but it takes a lot of research and uh maybe that should have been my advice uh from earlier there we go it's no. very good advice very good advice thank you so much jason All right. yeah so <laughs> it's uh yellow gold music or search for jason Hal on a uh, kickstarter over there or, or even go visit yellowgoldmusic.com which you actually even run a blog that kind of has little articles on how to produce music or write music and put it all together too which i love that's actually how i found out about the project before dave even emailed me about it and oh, like, awesome! Oh, yeah, this is awesome. On here. Yeah, I I haven't updated it as much since our uh, since our youngest daughter was born three and a half months ago. In fact, hardly at all. But uh, I plan on getting back to it at some point when I have more spare time. So again, Jason, thank you for being on the show. Yes, I love it. You. Um, and you guys at home probably can already guess because normally we tell people to back track or sack. This is a definite back for me. I've already backed it, yeah. and yeah. I'm I'm just All like right on. rooting on for you to see what else you come up with. Well, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a crazy experience, and uh, this just heightens it even more being on your show. Thanks for inviting me on. Yep. No hey, problem. Thanks a lot, man. All right, thanks. All right, guys. So again, thanks to Jason Howe for stopping by and doing an interview. We kind of Very recorded cool. that earlier. That's why Drew and I are wearing different clothes. But <laughs> I love that inf interview. So before we before we kind of head off from there, we'll finish off with one one project today. So we only got one project today, other than Yellow Gold Music, of course. Right. Um, and that is Spiri. You better make it good. Oh, Spiri. Okay, yep. that's good. So Spiri is a quadrocopter, essentially, and it's fully autonomous, fully programmable, 
and it has all the sensors, you know, so it has accelerometer, gyroscope, mag- magnometer, pressure gauge, GPU, acoustic sensors, um, and, you know, the, the downward camera that um, the AR drone has made famous and your front facing camera that's 720p. Um, and what's interesting about it is right here is actually it has two processors on there. There's one that's a one gigahertz dual core ARM Cortex A9 processor, and that actually runs as an OS is Ubuntu Linux with robot <laughs> operating system. And then there's actually another processor that's entirely dedicated for flight controls. Um, so say what happens is if the battery runs out or something, the copter automatically knows to go land on this inductive charger, which is another cool thing is there's an inductive charger on there. And the whole goal of Spiri is to kind of almost be a quadrocopter platform where you don't have to worry about knowing how to program the robot to fly. It already knows how to do that. And you kind of can take it to the next level and make your own app. So if you want to make like a mapping program or kind of a war game program, you can just put it on top of that without worrying too much about telling it how to spin the rotors and whatnot on there. Um, And they're developing a full programming environment for all those code geeks out there. And they're actually going to have an app platform. So you can release your app and other people can download it into their own version of Spiri. Um, so like Drew, how how do you kind of feel about this project? It's almost like an AR drone, but it really a little isn't. bit different. I'm, I'm a big fan of the drone, um, and 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 the only reason why I don't have one is because of the price point. I don't have a two hundred fifty dollars or so. That's why I'm looking at this and saying, what? Yeah, it's. I see so I see some differences. Um, trying to figure out, I think like, and and maybe this comes down to where I'm at in this. What what's not a coder. I'm not a code monkey. I'm not uh, that big into robotics, I guess. So the flying would be cool. I love the cameras on the on the aerial flying. I think for me, it's it's kind of one that I'm just gonna have to watch it watch it grow and, and see what they're doing with it. Um, gosh, I just don't. I don't know if I get excited about this one. I've, I've, there's lots of quadrocopters out there. I've seen some, a lot of them for Video Land, where they they. You know, you gotta have a flyer and then somebody else to run the camera part of it. I just, I guess I could see, like in their video, they have some strange, like, maybe I saw this. Don't they have some some ideas for, like, how to use their flying robot? Yeah, they have some applications where I think it's to kind of monitor rooftop gardens and whatnot and figure That's out how to kind of take care of it on there when you don't, so you don't have to be on the roof all the top. Um, and I, I actually, I, like the idea of this where all right we we one of the common problems we see now is people who get all these hobbyist quadrocopters or helicopters that pro- are programmable is they spend more time trying to figure out how to make it fly right, than right. do anything else so right. we're going to kind of take that away make it almost self-contained um and then we're going <laughs> to let you have this full this pretty beefy processor i mean the one gigahertz core a9 i think some phones still have that in there um and with with an os that is has a wide has a large community in it that's running the robot um operating system on top of ubuntu on there and we're gonna kind of have people take it to the next level and i also like the induction charger but the one thing that really keeps me from getting these quadrocopters and stuff is the battery life 15 minutes in the air um, and it's it's really not the fault of Spiri at all. It's just our battery technology is just not there to get longer than 15 minutes. And 
for me, if I'm tinkering with things, I know I'll be doing it for hours, and I can just see it kind of being a bane. We're like, okay, let's see how this program works, and then, oh crap, now I gotta wait 15 minutes for it, another like a half hour or an hour for it to charge, so I can play for 15 more minutes on there, and that's kind of what kind of stops me about it. Um, Not a it, lot of satisfaction. Yeah. Um, so I, I'd have to say track, be, just because that I love the idea of it, and I'd love to help them push it over that final hump if they need the couple extra dollars so they can fund and everything. And I think most people would like it um, unless you're one of those tinfoil hat guys who don't want Skynet to come true. But this is essentially the beginning of it right here Um, because once you program it, it can move on its own. Maybe that's, that's probably where I, where I see it having its own niche and where it's, where it could live in, in that augmented reality or that, you know, drone world. Is the fact that you don't have to worry about teaching how to fly. You could just be like, okay, I need, I need aerial shots for a weather cam or something for a show. Send Spirit up. You don't have to worry about somebody that's going to be able to keep it in the air and not crash it. You just beam back your pictures and. <clears throat> so I, I guess I could see some, some feasibility for for that and taking the flying out of it. You're right. Tons of people that I know that fly those copters spent six, eight months just flying, you know, RC copters to get up to the one where they put a camera on it uh so they just put a lot of time into that that's hello yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't mind me yeah. I, I just were you asking for the water and it was with you the whole time yeah don't worry about us <laughs> all right so drew for Got you it. it's, is, a is, it's a track for you yeah, sorry uh, about that distraction yeah no worries man no worries Live, live right here live. on the podcast. It's my, it's my sweet wife hanging out. She, you know, I have to thank her. She's the one who lets me steal you away for an hour every other Tuesday. So, you know, she has <laughs> the final say for things. Yeah. So she graciously gives me help. Like I, I need to go like buy her like a bunch of <laughs> chocolates or something to right, send her thank chocolate. her. Yeah, I'll bribe her. There you go. <laughs> all right, so that's actually all the projects we have today. Um, Again, thank you, Jason Howell, for helping out. Thank you, Sales Geek, for letting me know and you know introducing me to Jason so we could actually get that interview in. Um, thank you, everybody in the chat room. Laser Norm, you are awesome in there. Um, stalwart. Stalwart and true. Yeah. And if you hear about any of these projects and don't agree with what Drew and I say, send us some feedback. Um, you can always email us at kickcast at ktdata.net or leave a comment on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash kickcast or on twitter at kickcast or on google plus plus.kickcast.net will take you there and what's nice about these social media networks is um drew and i we go through a lot of projects and we find some really good ones but they quite you know for one reason or another we can't fit them in because the show might end up being long this show's already being long right now but we do post them about a couple days after the episodes released and we call them kickcast cuts so make sure you check out those social media pages and that's where we post them yeah, there's some good ones that we're that we're missing, and some of them they've already funded, so it doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense for us to do a whole coverage on it. But they're worth checking out for everybody that's you know looking to find something to to back. Yeah, um, and then of course, if you want to watch live, watching live is awesome because you hear a lot of discussions that don't make it onto the show, um, and you can find us at live.kickcast.net. Of course, our next time we're actually recording live is September third, twenty thirteen, and we start Ooh. about nine p.m. Mountain time, give or take, on there. And yep. if, if you see any of these projects and you're like, holy crap, what was that thing called again? 
just head on over to kickcast.net and there's show notes there. There's audio versions, there's video versions, um, and all that good stuff. Yeah, KT there. puts in so much time to make sure that you've got like all the resources. So, um, and Drew, thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Make sure you tell your wife thank you for Absolutely. stealing you away from spending time she loves with her. So. She, loves, she knows I love it. <laughs> um, and I appreciate it. So we will see you all guys in two weeks. Bye. Good night.